Following the last episode of my second act, we have heard from Team Joe Exotic. And members of Team Joe Exotic are demanding a retraction from the last podcast, which we're probably not going to do, but we'll have the conversation coming up in segment three. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Dawn and I'm Caddy's wife. I did something Friday night that I have never done before. And I've done just about everything. No kidding. I played trivia when sober with you. Okay, well, that makes me sound like I was. Yeah. Sideways, which is well, it's not so the truth. Well, no, it, it, so it was Tug's birthday. Tug, Tug, is my, Tug is a friend of Tug ours. Tug is my best friend. We did a very successful morning show here in Atlanta radio for years, and he turned yes, 44. He turned 44, which we have to say, his favorite Braves player is Hank Aaron. And Hank Aaron, for everyone who's listening, unfortunately passed um, over on Friday last week. And his number was 44. Right. Isn't that interesting? And it was Tug's 44th birthday. So we ended up going to a restaurant. There were about 10, 12 people there. And we had dinner and drinks. And I had a couple nachos and one glass of wine. And decided that I needed to be the designated driver. And then we went back to Tug and his wife Laura's house. And we played 80s trivia. And it was the girls against the guys. It was three girls against you. It was the wives and husbands. Yeah, you, Tug, and um, Reed. And I'm very competitive, as we all know, when it comes to these board games. So, I mean, I was in it to win it. And these two girls that are with me, they can't read the questions. One of them can't sit up. It's like, this is ridiculous. I mean, like, come on, ladies. And you heard me screaming at them. Let's get it together. Okay. So it came down to like who the last question, because you guys were actually doing really well. And one of the last questions was a question about um, a movie that Henry Fonda, or yeah, Henry Fonda and Jane Fonda were in, and we were getting ready to answer, and Tug just, it wasn't his turn to answer. And out of the blue, he's just like, on Golden Pond. He just throws it out there, and we're like, yes, on Golden Pond. We'll take it for the win. We'll take it for the win. But then, because we knew there was going to be contention, we answered an additional question, and the ladies took the men down. But I would not suggest playing trivia, unless you're playing with your children sober, because it is frustrating. Nobody could keep By up with herding cats. Oh, my gosh. Whose turn is it? What question? Repeat the question. I didn't hear it. I don't understand it. What category is that? It's like people. Let's stop all the talking in the room, except for the person that's delivering the question. It was a mess. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Happy, happy, happy birthday to Happy birthday, tug. tug. Hey, Alexa, play the Cadillac Jack podcast, and you can listen to the most recent episode of the podcast wherever you would like to listen, at home, in the office, and we appreciate that uh, very much. So the Super Bowl is set now. And for the first time ever, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have home field advantage. This has never happened in the Super Bowl before. So Pretty exciting. It is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks, And here is Mr. Tom Brady. To go on the road and win a, another road playoff game is a, just a great achievement. You know, now home Super Bowl for the first time in NFL history, I think, puts a lot of cool things in perspective. Anytime you're the first time doing something, it's usually a pretty good thing. This will be his 10th Super Bowl, Donna. It's unbelievable. And how about the fact that he comes to this team, Tampa Bay, and he's in the Super Bowl as a Buccaneer. In the first season. A lot of talk yeah. about Tom Brady with the ladies at Trivia Night. There was? Oh, yeah. The ladies like Tom Brady. Okay. From I'm, the Chiefs. Uh-huh. I, I'm a Gronk fan myself. Right. From the Chiefs here is a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Being able to go up against one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time in his 
150th Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to be a great experience for me. I mean, to, to go out there and have a chance to repeat and get to do it against the best, it's something special, and I'm excited for the opportunity. All right, so what's that? It's like youth versus experience, you know, the, pa- the young Padawan against, like, the Jedi Master. Another sports note that we were talking about this morning before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Tonight, the Miami Heat are playing a game with a crowd. For the first time, you're going to be sniffed by a dog and you're going to have to take a rapid test to go to an NBA basketball game. But not on I'll, site, are I'll, you? Huh? You have to take the rapid test on site? I'm, I would imagine so. You're going to, what are you going to do? Bring your results? They're going to COVID test. I didn't understand that. I thought, yeah, I thought you had to bring your results. They're going to COVID test. Every, they're going to swab every person coming through the door. I, that's the way I heard it. And I did hear the dog sniffing. Dogs can sniff out problems in people. We had this happen. In real time, when you were having all your tooth problems. And Roscoe, our four-year-old hound dog, was the first to detect. Something was amiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would lick your, I mean, and it was so specific to your mouth. Like, he would lick your um, neck and your mouth. It was crazy. And cheeks. He would he would get in my lap. He would climb up in my lap. This is a 70-pound hound dog. And would just put his paws on my shoulders and just lick and lick and lick. And, and literally try to open my mouth with his snout. Yeah. To get even closer. Uh, so he was the first to alert us. So yes, dogs are, and, and I did research when this is back in July of 2020 when this happened. And I did research on it. And it turns out there have been dogs that have saved their owners' lives because they have detected yeah. some sort of cancer. Yeah, cancer is, 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 is the biggie. Do you want, is an NBA Heat game worth a rapid test at American Airlines Arena? In Miami, before you walk in. I'm just going to stay at home. I would, too. But here's the thing. I I would think that the rapid test would probably be more appealing than having a dog sniff you. Because not everybody loves dogs. We do. I think that's a test program as well, though. They haven't proven that the dogs can detect the coronavirus. What if you're afraid of a dog? There's a lot of questions. What if you're allergic to a dog? I just thought it was interesting and crazy, to be honest with you. Well, supposedly if the dog sniffs you out, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have COVID, but then you have to step over to line B for further testing. I don't know what that means. (laughs) And you have a friend who's coming back from the Turks and Caicos. Yeah, and you have to have a positive. I mean, you have to have a a negative. negative. Sorry, you have to have a negative. You have to be positive that you're negative. You have to have a negative COVID test to come back into the country, which I think is what we're going to see as opposed to... Just and there will probably be travel bans, but the onus is going to be on the people coming in back into the country to prove it, it, wherever you're going. If you live in London, wherever, if you live in America, you know that you are COVID negative. But the big thing now is if you decide to travel internationally or anywhere, say you go to the Turks and Caicos, the Mexico, Bahamas, you have to buy, or you should buy, you don't have to, but you should buy travel insurance, which, you know, in the past people have been like, I'm not buying travel insurance. That's just a ripoff. In this case, you're buying travel insurance in case you have to quarantine for your hotel. So it covers you for an additional 14 day stay, 10 probably minimal at a hotel if you have to quarantine because you are positive. I mean, imagine that bill. Who's? I mean, because think about it. You, well, that's what you have insurance for, though, right? Yeah. But, I mean, what if you didn't? I mean, imagine you, you've ended your vacation. You know how broke you are when you're done with your vacation, anybody. And then you have to quarantine somewhere for an additional 12 to 14 days. That could be thousands of dollars more. I bet they don't put you in your nice room either. They probably mm. have some COVID rooms. Like trailers. Mm-hmm. 
like FEMA trailers. They're like, okay, you need to move out of the main building. Yes. You're going to be going to annex. The annex. C yes. as in coronavirus. <laughs> Your hype song on the way here, Donna, to the Appen Media Group and Appen Podcast Network. We are 30 miles directly north of downtown Atlanta in Alpharetta, Georgia. Mine was David Lee Murphy and Kenny Chesney. Everything's going to be all right. I love that song. Um, David Lee Murphy was, is a country artist who was really big. When would you say? In the, I mean, he's big now, but I mean, he was mid to late 90s, mid early, late, early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. And he's married to a woman named Donna. Do you love that? Okay. Um, just a little side fact. But he's he is a an amazing songwriter. And I don't think I ever knew that about him when he was an artist. But I mean, he has written so many songs. He's written for Kenny Chesney, you know, Living in Fast Forward, Jason Aldean, Big Green Tractor, Jake Owen, Anywhere with You, um, Thompson Square. Thompson Square. Are Thompson you gonna, Square. I love that you song. Gonna kiss you gonna me kiss me or not? That's a good song. Um, and this song that I added to the playlist, Everything's Gonna Be All Right, is from his album called Zip Code. And um he's I know for a fact that Kenny took him on tour with him when he was touring and um had him writing, you know, had him on kind of a writer's bus. I think he's just a fun guy to be around too. Just a good guy, good solid guy. David Lee Murphy. I'm gonna pass my hype song to Pod Peep Amanda Beasley listens in Memphis, Tennessee. Heads Carolina, tails California from Jody Messina. I Would not be Jody. my pick by any means, but we're very inclusive with this podcast. Well, why would it not be your pick? I just would not choose a Jody Messina song. To That's have. a great song from the past, though. Yeah. Love it. To the Caddy and Donna hype no, song. Let's go again. Playlist. Donna and Caddy hype song playlist. Anyone who's having a problem finding it, just reach out to Caddy and he will send you. But that's you. just it. Don't because I well, can't help you. Well, I sent you the link. Someone said you haven't shared it yet. Oh. Someone reached out on the podcast text voicemail line and said that clearly Donna has not shared it. Okay. Well, so I, who's in charge? I'll get on it. Carl and I will get on it. But okay. I think I did share it. Well, but but I, we're five weeks in now. This okay. probably should have been addressed at some point. What do you think? Oh, okay. Are you like the police of the Spotify or something? Well, if we if we invite people to I don't enjoy. Know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I'll recheck it. it wasn't, say that again? It doesn't, wasn't done on purpose. Okay. We traveled over the weekend with Roscoe our four-year-old hound dog to Asheville, North Carolina to see my dad. My dad had a stroke last March and is doing well. Um, when he was in the hospital and in rehab and shortly thereafter, say March and in April of last year, I made several trips to Asheville to visit, but because of the pandemic after having a stroke, uh, and my dad also has some other, um, underlying medical issues we've been very careful not to take the grandkids we've been very careful that in the past when i have visited we stay on the back deck and social distance and and visit when we went this past weekend when we were in my dad's home we even wore masks in his house so will our 21 year old son who lives in knoxville drove over to visit with uh granddaddy and with Donna and myself and Roscoe. And we had a great visit, but we had never really traveled with a dog before. Well, we'd taken our dogs to like the, our mountain house or like something like that, but we had never, we hadn't taken them. You're right. Like we hadn't taken them, like we had never taken them to the beach or we had never taken them. I will say we used to take Sally more when she was younger, but traveling with two dogs is a lot so we kind of from that point on whenever we went somewhere we would board sally and roscoe and our dogs are free-range dogs we've talked about this they they have um we have an electric fence 
And so we pop their collars on and in the morning we open the door and out they go to bark at everything. Yes, as you they said do. this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can go, you know, we've got some a little bit of land behind us. They can go up in the woods. Well, we have an acre, a little less a little yeah. maybe a tick more than an acre, but we have run the electric fence about an acre and a half to two acres behind the house. We don't know whose property it okay, is. Okay, great. Now you've, yeah. Anyway. But it's out, all woods. It's so all woods. They enjoy so it. they run back there and, and it's like their little playground. You know, they can chase squirrels and bark at everything. Deer. Much to the chagrin of our neighbors, but they're free range dogs. And they're or not those even, of us still in the house trying to sleep. Yeah. They're not even good at walking on leashes because once you have um, an invisible fence, you have to do this elaborate thing if you want to get your dog, like if you want to take your dog to the dog park. There's this thing that you have to do where you have to drive them over the fence. or I mean, like we can't even walk them in the neighborhood. You have to put this towel down and they have to understand that they're going over the barrier. And it's you really don't want to do it a lot because you're basically doing the opposite of what you've been training them to do, which is stay inside the fence. So long story short, we took Roscoe to Asheville because your dad wanted to see him and we wanted him to go up there. And he was very good in the car. Like he sat in the back seat with his little paw on the... um on the little window like he was a person. In a captain's chair. Yes. In the SUV. A couple of things about traveling with a dog. We stayed in a hotel because we did not want to stay in my dad's house because of the coronavirus. We ordered even ordered out, and Will and I went to pick it up because Carabas brought it back to the house. And, and even then, eating in my dad's house, we separated even further when we took our masks off. When we get to the hotel, though, Roscoe had never been through an electric door. Right. Like uh, walk into the lobby of a hotel or walking into, I mean, electric doors are everywhere, Publix, Kroger. But Roscoe had never experienced an electric door before. He didn't quite understand how it worked. Yeah, he got down like on his stomach and would not move. And I basically had to drag him through the electric door. Now, then as the weekend went on, he got very bold with the electric doors. He was like somewhat cocky. Yeah, he'd almost like saunter up to him. So that's the first thing. The electric door opens and I drag him into the um lobby now i had checked ahead of time and put a filter on when i got the hotel we stayed at a double tree i had put a filter on on hotel that was pet friendly because obviously you can't just bring a coon hound into any hotel if it's not approved so um we we i, I, I sure. go to the registration yeah. desk and i check in meanwhile you're outside with roscoe trying to get him to pee and poo and do whatever and, and so i'd go through the entire registration process i just assumed that you had put a note in the computer. Again, we've never stayed in a hotel with a dog before. So I didn't know the process. I just assumed that when you did the registration online, that you put a note, we're traveling with a dog or you know something, so that they were aware. If there was an upcharge, I just assumed that that would be done before the registration. All right? So I'm nearly done with that process, and you walk through the front doors <laughs> of the hotel with Roscoe, and the lady that's getting me registered says to me, Oh, you have a furry friend with you. Yes. And I said, yes, we do. I, she she thought that we were trying to sneak Roscoe, which you cannot sneak a 70-pound hound dog into a freaking double tree. But she assumed that, that we were trying to sneak Roscoe in and avoid the $50 upcharge. Yeah, which we weren't. Dog. We were just trying to keep him from, like, tearing up her, her – uh, I called it her vestibule, you know, her her desk where she was working behind because he would. He would have put his but, paws but up there. But when you register, it. when you pre-register for the room, did you mark that we were traveling with no, the dog? No, because there was no place to mark that. 
So with the, why are you rolling your eyes? I have questions. You're contentious this morning. But I'm not. No, there was no there was nowhere to put that in. But then why wouldn't you say to me, remind the woman behind the front desk that we're traveling with a dog? Were you trying to also sneak in and avoid the fifty dollar upcharge? No, I thought when we did the registration, we bring in the dog. I didn't know there was an upcharge. Quite frankly, I thought it was just a hotel friendly, a pet friendly hotel. I'll never stay in a pet friendly hotel again. Here's why: Roscoe walks into the room, and within the first five minutes, pees in the floor. Now we did all that we could do, uh, which included, I don't know, getting a wash rag or something, and you know, kind of trying to sop it up a little Meanwhile, bit. Meanwhile, he had just peed. He had. It I wasn't think, like yeah, he, I think that he was very excited. He'd yes. never been in a hotel room. He had before. a nervous bladder. But can you imagine how many times dogs have pissed in the rooms that you're staying in right now as you travel or when you traveled or in the future when you travel? I had never even thought about that. I only thought that there were like two dog-friendly hotel chains in the world. And turns out most are. Well, in Asheville, we found out, is like the number one uh, city for dogs. It's a dog lover's paradise. So says the Buncombe County Humane Society. Yeah, but I mean, it's a dog lover's paradise. So <laughs> there's all these parks for dogs. There's restaurants. I mean, you can bring your dog into most of the restaurants in Asheville. So I think it's, you know, listen, I think people travel with pets all the time. Maybe not big dogs, like like I said, big hound dogs. But I mean, maybe like little doggies like Bun, like little cute doggies. Like little sweet designer doggies and sweaters and stuff. And then we had to navigate the elevator. Not pretty. Had to drag him on again. He would literally, Roscoe would fall flat to the ground. Like a pancake. And put all fours out. Like it was a rug or something like We wouldn't notice that he was there. If he just if he, <laughs> if he threw himself on the floor and just spread out on all fours. Yeah. But then just like the electric door, he became, he, he, he figured out what was going on and that he needed he had to get on there was no choice i mean he point. climbed right in the, he climbed right in the bed and went to sleep you can't eat in your vehicle when you travel with a dog because the dog is always in your space all right so we were in clayton georgia which is about halfway between atlanta and Asheville, and we were at a taco bell god knows why because i love sunday taco afternoon love and taco we decided bell. that we had to park the car and get out and eat on the hood of our suv in the parking lot of the taco bell in clayton georgia well, you can't leave your dog in a car anymore. Like in the old days, you could leave your dog in the car and go and eat because it wasn't hot outside and it wasn't really cold. But I just don't want to do that because I'm so afraid someone's going to think like come some animal rights activists yeah, and make a big deal out of it. And I would never leave a dog in a hot car. Or, you know, I would never do that. But I mean, it was a nice it was a normal day. It was almost like he'd be laying on our couch at home. But I just didn't want to do it. Didn't want to risk it. So we had a little picnic in the Clayton Taco Bell parking lot. And those that have small kids or have had small kids would ride by and say or think to themselves, they have young kids and they don't want to wake them up in the car eating. And that's why they're eating on the hood of an SUV in the Taco Bell parking lot. You know, at Disney World, they have a child swap program. Do they now? It seems a little. I think so. Yeah. No, I think it's still there. All right. We need that same thing with pets. Well, explain right. what the child swap the is. The child swap means that if you are at a, at a ride at Disney World and you have an older child that wants to ride Space Mountain, but you have a younger child that can't or does not want to ride Space Mountain, then you leave that younger child with complete strangers. I mean, this just smells. And, no, and, and, I think you leave it with the other parent. Well, then that wouldn't work. Then my program about pets wouldn't work, Donna. I don't know. 
I think you, I forgot how it works. There needs to be a works. program where if you're traveling with pets, you communicate with other people traveling with pets, and they'll watch your dog while you go into Taco Bell, and then you watch their dog while they go into Taco Bell. I would do that. And it's a it's a split. Yeah, take your time. Enjoy yourself. We've got it covered. How does the Disney World program work then? I can't remember. Or gonna... you leave your child with a stranger. Well, a cast member. Right? We'll look know. that we up. Should, we should have looked into it before We'll look we that up. Yeah, you should have. We'll look that up. All right, but we apologize if you stay at the Doubletree. Biltmore Village in Asheville, room 310, has been pissed in. That's right. Again. And not by us. Make time for your family. Hit the reset button and take back your dinner time. Dinner affair. Dinner AFARE.com. $30 off your first order. Uh, when you enter the promo code CADDY, C-A-D-D-Y, Reset 2021. Pick from 15 chef-created dinners and meals at the website every single month. And then they are either delivered in the Atlanta area for free and, and no contact to your front porch. Or Dinner Fair also ships nationwide. Store their fresh ingredient meals in your, your freezer. Use them for later, but you always have a fresh home-cooked meal ready when you need it most. I know. You know what was so nice coming back from this weekend? We were literally gone less than you know I just ate crap 48 hours but we ate so much junk and i hadn't had time to go to the grocery store and so it was so nice to come back and know that tonight we're going to have a home-cooked meal you know we're not going to have to continue because you get in that pattern even whether you travel for one day or you travel for a week you get in that pattern of eating out all the time and at some point you have to break it but in order to do that you've got to go to the grocery store and you got to start making meals again it's so nice to come back um, from any kind of traveling, come back from a ball game, come back from a teacher's conference and not have to worry about what you're going to cook for dinner that night. Two to three easy steps to get dinner on the table, always 100% guaranteed. And there is no contract with dinner affair and every single ingredient that you need to prepare the dinner that you ordered. Uh, you're going to find separated in bags so you can add what you want and leave out what your kids don't want. Dinneraffair.com. Dinneraffair.com. $30 offer. Off your first order. Promo code is Caddy Reset 2021. The badge of honor on dating sites right now is your COVID vaccine certificate. Really? People that have had the vaccine feel that you are more likely to choose them to date or hook up with because they have the, the they've had the vaccination. Honestly, I can kind of see it. It's just another level of clearance that you've been given. On dating apps? Yeah. I mean, some people write that they are STD free, that they're not positive, undetectable, or, right, or they have whatever. this and don't have that. Don't have this, don't have that. So, I mean, I could see that. Like, I mean, COVID is definitely hurting people who are trying to date right now because you can't really go anywhere. Hardly. And like. Well, it depends on how horny you are. Well, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But yeah, I mean, like, would that, like, I think that that would make, if, if I was, if I was on dating apps, which would I'm Would you not, seek that out? Not that I would seek it out. Would you feel better knowing? Yes, I think I would. Okay, but you don't have one. I know, but that's not about me. It's about the person I'm going out with. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we talked about this. Do you think that, and we we don't have to say, do you think? We know there is, because as we've discussed before, wherever there's a need, there's people to do it. Do you think there are people that do fake COVID tests? I think there's a black market for it. Yeah. Yeah, already present. Especially in like a third world country, if you travel to a third world country for vacation, and I can't imagine why you do that, but let's say that you're returning your rent-a-car. Your spark. 
And like there's a there's a box at the bottom that says, Do you need a negative COVID test? And you're like, Well, yeah, it's 1999. Well, why you know, why I'm here, yeah, why not? Just to make sure. So you, yeah. it's kind of like a it's an add-on. That's what it is. It's an add-on. A premium. Right. An upsell. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think if if somebody if I felt like, because I think then you would think that that person, this is the other thing too. I think it's a psychological thing where you would assume that that person had been like staying home and wasn't out on the town dating everyone and like swapping spit with everyone. It's almost like or a Or that they're a member issue. of the medical community or first responder or something. Yes. Or a senior. Oh yeah, like a first responder. Or a senior. Well, I don't that want to date a, a That could be a flag too, you know, 65 and up, Donna. Yeah. If that's your wheelhouse. Then, uh, it's then, actually not. Thank okay, you. Okay, but if it were your wheelhouse, the older set... And we know that you actually go for the younger set because you're seven, eight years older than I am. Right. But if you're if you're going for that older set, then that would be a confirmation that uh, the person that you're going to go to the sizzler with has has had their 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 vaccination. I love that for the COVID, as Georgia Governor Brian Kemp calls it. Yeah, I like it. The COVID. Well, the other thing is, it's like it's the waiting period before you get the test. Like before you get the shot, that's a whole nother discussion. But like that was part of it with your dad. This when we went to see him this weekend, he's getting the shot. Him and his lady friend Karen are getting the shot this week. And so we were extra careful. And I know I went through that with someone else I knew went through that with um, their parents. Like they can see their parents. They're not like in an assisted living place. They're in a house, but they're like, I'm not going to see them for a week until they get the shot. Because you almost feel like you don't want to mess some, you know. Can you imagine you give someone COVID like the week before they get the shot? So, yeah, I'm all for all of this. Do you post a photograph of your vaccination certificate? Like you holding it? Well, here's a picture of your boobies. Mm-hmm. And then here's a picture of your vagina. And then the third photo is a picture of your coronavirus vaccination mm-hmm. certificate. Is that the way that works? Or, or do you just put it right in your, your profile? I think you just put it in your profile. But imagine that's like one of the pics you send to people. <laughs> you know? A COVID pick. Crazy world we live in. Seriously. Hey, Karen has passed. We mentioned that with Tug earlier, but um, certainly affects sports and, and baseball. But just like Don Sutton passing two weeks ago, which we mentioned, in the Atlanta Braves, it hits a little harder here in the Atlanta area. And Larry King. Larry King passed. How, how many times is Larry King married? Married eight times. Divorced seven. The thing about Larry King in his interviews, thousands of interviews that he did through the years, is the subjects of his interviews most often did not mind visiting with Larry King because he wasn't the gotcha right. type interview. He wasn't going to come at you or pull something out that's going to embarrass you or cause you to defend yourself. It was a conversation. It really was. And I was, I was watching, like, if you look at the back of, you know how now, like even with Howard Stern, studios are mic'd up and there's cameras everywhere and there's electronic and if you stuff. Nose, it's going to go viral. Yeah. I mean like with Larry King, if you remember, it was almost that old timey Pac-Man background, you know, it was just two microphones, him and the guest and him and his little suspenders. And he was uh, the consummate interviewer. I mean, he reminded me a lot of like a Johnny Carson in a way, just, you know, would pull things out of people without, like you said, being nosy or, or intrusive. It was just a great conversation. I mean, he interviewed everyone, everyone. Amazing. I did a Google looking for the most watched Larry King interviews, and I couldn't find that list, but I found a list of the most memorable Larry King interviews. that includes uh, Frank Sinatra, 
Jerry Seinfeld, O.J. Simpson, Al Gore, Ross Perot, Marlon Brando. Yeah, that was a weird one. Elizabeth Taylor. But at some point, everybody, every celebrity, whether you're a sports celebrity, a movie, TV, politician, you, you sat down and, 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 and visited with Larry King, as did country star Tim McGraw, as you're going to hear in this 45-second clip. Welcome to Larry King Now. I'm at the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas with Tim McGraw. How did it all start for you? In were general, you my career? As a kid? Were you a... Yeah, I mean, the first time I remember singing was um, in Jigger, Louisiana, in a Pentecostal church in the middle of a cotton field. And I sang this little light of mine on stage. How old were you? I was about four years old. That's the first time I ever remember singing. You know, I was an athlete growing up and played baseball, football, basketball, and everything. And, but I always sang. I always knew every song on the radio. My mom sang a lot around the house. And was well, you had the genes of your father. Yeah. You didn't know it then, but yeah, Tuck yeah. was a pretty good baseball player. He was a good athlete all the way yeah. around. He was a good football player as well. You know, Could you have been a professional baseball player? Oh, gosh. The older I get, the better I was. <laughs> <laughs> Tim McGraw with uh, the late Larry King. Favorite Larry King interview, Don? Do you have one? No. Most I, memorable? I mean, he, you know, I just like the Marlon Brando one was crazy. Because I think Marlon Brando had him singing or something. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I think that the thing that really struck me was the fact that he crossed all lines of categories. Like you said. I mean, he interviewed, you know, politicians, music stars, actors, actresses. I mean, just amazing people. He he actually also interviewed just some regular people that had done um had done things, you know, like something, you know, maybe they were, a, I remember he interviewed the, the, and this sounds crazy, but the girl that fell into the well, I mean, her parents and her family. So it was just, I mean, it was a, like a broad spectrum that he would interview, but I admire the fact that I think even Howard Stern probably stole some from him in the style of just not being the center of attention, not having it be about him. It was about whoever he was interviewing. And some of the questions were crazy. And sometimes you would hear people correct him because it wasn't like he was the most researched interviewer. But it was just it was a conversation that you feel like two people would be having at a coffee shop. But Larry King was OK. It was normally OK with people correcting him. And the, oh, yes. the, the one I remember was with Seinfeld. Yes. Jerry Seinfeld. And uh, Larry kind of alluded to the fact that Seinfeld got canceled. Right. And Jerry Seinfeld kind of went back at Larry King um, about that. Yeah. It was like, no, Larry, I, we, we did not get canceled. I decided to go out when, when the show was on top or whatever. But it was yeah, a was rare. He was kind of known for that. He was kind of known for not tripping up, but it was just. But again, those are the questions that like if, if you were interviewing, you know, someone or you're having a question, a conversation with a friend, you know, those are the same conversations you would have. So they were very real and very authentic. Very sad. He had two um, twin sons that I think are amazing baseball players. I don't know if they're playing like in a, I think they're young, so they may not, they may be in college right now, but, um, and he had them very late in life, but they said he was a fantastic father. So great legacy there. Larry King, we'll miss you. Saturday, February 13th, Gallery Furniture. It is the all American red, white, and blue parking lot extravaganza. And Donna and myself are going to be there uh, along with Ask for Donna and Marilyn. And uh, we're going to have uh, bands, we're going to have food trucks, and we're going to have huge savings. Gallery furniture, 1,600 Browns Patrol, Gainesville, a 16,000 square foot warehouse and showroom. And we're going to take things outside. 
Saturday, February the 13th. Yeah, I'm sure Donna's going to have some uh, specials going on that day also. But if you, if this this is the time, if you have been kind of thinking that you want to go up and take a look around and just see what's there and maybe just need a couple of things or maybe you need everything, this is the time to come up and uh, here's the good news. Caddy will tie your furniture down mm-hmm. if you're taking it yourself. I can't promise it'll be done well. We'll have someone come, nine, I was going to say, we'll have someone come behind. and lose a coffee table. I'm not responsible. Yeah, we'll have someone come behind him. Just to double check that. But um, if you need financing, they're going to be there on site. Um, If you do need delivery, that is available to you. Tons and tons of brands and furniture for you to um, look through. And we also want to meet you if you've been listening to the podcast. And um, we would love to put names and faces together. So please come up February 13th um, and we'll have a great day. Lots of food and lots of fun. Recliners at two ninety nine everyday gallery furniture. Monarch table and six chairs. Get a bench as well. Eight forty nine. the price. 1600 Browns Patrol Gainesville. Get your Ask for the Wolfman merch at askforthewolfman.com and follow Gallery Furniture on Instagram at Gallery Furniture GA. Locally owned small business. That's what the podcast is all about as the Wolfman legacy continues at Gallery Furniture Gainesville. After what seems like dozens of Eric Church conspiracy theories as to when he's going to release new music, we can now tell you that uh, at least a month. Eric announced in the past couple of days that in April he's going to drop a triple CD. Triple CD is called Heart and Soul. Heart is the first album and is the second. Soul is the third. And this is going to be the collaboration of 28 songs that Eric Church and friends wrote and then immediately recorded back in February, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, 28 songs they wrote in 28 days. Yeah, and he was kind of holed up up in uh, Boone, North Carolina, and wrote all these songs. And when we visited with Joanna Cotton, she told us, she, she I don't know, if she, do you think she knew at the time what they were going to be for? I think she probably knew that it was a triple album. Yeah. But I don't know that she knew the release date, because Joanna Cotton is Eric's musical muse. She's with him on stage at every concert that he does, and she sings on every record that he's done since 2009, I believe. She was here, uh, we booked her for the Uncorked concert series. Here in North Atlanta back in November is mid-November. Mm-hmm. And we spoke with her. As a matter of fact, the podcast episode is, uh, you can find, because she talks about recording 28 songs in 28 days because she was on standby. Like Joanna told us, she'd be getting her nails done in downtown Blowing Rock. And then she'd get a page or something that said, we all right, you. we're done. We're ready to go into the studio now. We need you to come and record this brand new song called Hell of a View or yeah. Bad Mother Trucker. Because some of these songs of the 28 he has released already in the past few months. Um, I, I think that she knew the concept and what was going to be done. I don't know that she knew the timeline. I did hear from Trudy Daniel. Uh, Trudy is a very dear friend of ours and uh, works for EMI Records, which is Eric's record label, and she lives in South Atlanta. Uh, and I, I heard from her after we made the announcement because uh, uh, she was kind of ribbing me a little bit. I so enjoyed reading your conspiracy theories mm. you know, through the months. And now we know uh, what's getting ready to happen. I would imagine that everyone that worked at EMI also knew that it was going to be a huge project. And maybe like that's all they album. knew. Maybe they right. just knew. But not the you timeline. Know, yeah. And maybe they didn't know it was going to be a triple album. Maybe. I wonder, I've wondered this, and maybe we'll get an answer from somebody at some point. Did did Eric yield to Morgan Wallen? Mm, interesting. Could be. Because Morgan Wallen put out the double album, which, uh, Dangerous, which is spending a second week. Gosh, I wish I'd pulled the stat. I saw it this morning. Spending a second week at number one. Yeah. I think it's the first country album since 2015 to spend two weeks at number one so i wonder if eric knew that morgan wallen was going to drop a double album 
Probably. And so he didn't want to drop his triple album in that same time and, and flex, basically. Well, and he has a song on Morgan's um, double Quentin album, time too. That yeah. he wrote. I forgot about that. So it could be that he... I think there was some communication. Yeah. I think it was good, too, that Morgan came first because I think, it, it again, people are like these long-form albums where people just write a ton of great stuff. It doesn't, you know, it used to be that people would hold back things because they would do a single album and, you know, we've got plenty plenty of music to release later. And now they're just putting it out there. And tell us about, tell everybody about that because I think it's very interesting how it's heart and soul. But the and album is going to be held for church members. Church choir members. Yeah. Eric has always appreciated and been very, very loyal to his fans that have been very, very loyal to him since the beginning. So his fan club is called the Church Choir. And he always gives them access first to merch, to concert tickets, to, to, vinyl. to swag, to vinyl. Um, and it's my understanding that the middle, the second album, the and from Heart and Soul, is going to be available only to church choir members. Now I ask you, can you join? Don't know. That's a very good question. Yeah. To get access to it. Because pre-orders start, again, the church choir gets the first shot at pre-orders. I think it's late in, in January, later this, well, hell, or today's the 25th or something. So here in the night, actually, I think Thursday, church choir members get a stamp at pre-orders first, and then pre-orders to the general public once they'll for you. You can get it on Friday the day yeah. after. But he's always, and I like that about Eric, he's always taking care of those that, the fan club members. that, that support him. Yeah. Which is super, super nice. Very excited. Tamara Springer is a pod peep for this episode. Uh, she's coming at Donna. Great. After the conversation that we had in the last episode of this podcast about Joe Exotic and Joe Exotic waiting on his presidential pardon from Donald Trump and him having the limo outside of the prison with hair and makeup people on standby because he was convinced that he was going to uh, get pardoned, which he did not. And he's not happy about that, by the way. Well, but but his people are not happy with you, nor is, oh, okay. is Joe Exotic. I want to share with you. Joe Exotic is not happy with me? No, he's not. <laughs> I want to share with you some communique that I've been going back and forth with um, Tamara Springer, who is a representative of Joe Exotic. First email, she writes, I'm a friend of Joe Exotic, and he emails me every day from prison. When he said, help children fix their faces, he meant a charity that pays for kids in third world countries to get surgery to repair birth defects like cleft palate that causes them to be deformed and are easy to fix with surgery. Many poor families, Donna, can't afford to get this done, and he wants to help pay for it. So now that you know, can you clarify this during your podcast, please? Thank you, Tam. Tammy Springer. Okay, yes, I can, and I apologize. I had no idea that that's what he was referring to, and that is a very worthy surgery, and if he is going to, you know, if he was going to, I guess if he was pardoned, put funds to that, then I am all for that, and I definitely apologize for that. I just didn't know in what reference... Uh, he was talking about fixing children's faces. Uh, did she come at Carl? Meanwhile, no, because you can't deny that that when Carl was in college, a young man in Oklahoma, that, that Joe Exotic came at him, slid into his DMs, oh, and okay. asked him about his package. All right, and if he was eighteen, okay. The second email, oh boy, that I get from Tammy Springer. The subject line is Joe Exotic again, and she writes, "One more thing you got wrong." None, all caps, none, N-O-N-E, none of Joe Exotic's husbands were bald. Where the hell do you get this info from? His current husband is Dylan Passage. Google it. Okay, Tamara. Sorry about that. That's all I'm going to say. 
Okay. I thought they were bald. So I was curious, who is she? Where does she live? What does she do? So we were kind of going back and forth over the weekend while well, we were traveling. His, didn't we think she was his girlfriend? Originally I did, but Joe Exotic's not going to have a girlfriend. Right. Um, so I asked her, I said, where are you? And how did you find the podcast? And she says, I live in Indiana and follow Joe Exotic because I run a fan page and we are friends. He emails me every day from prison and I try to correct things that are wrong when I see them in the media on his behalf. And so I wrote back and I said, but how did you stumble upon the podcast? And she writes, I can't remember exactly. Probably just stumbled across it when I was doing a Google search for him. I do these daily. Carl, can you join us here for this? Are you? Can you do that? So I would imagine what happened is she does a Google search for Joe Exotic. And the ep- what happens? The episode notes from that particular last episode pop up? The episode notes uh, depends on like wherever the website is. So it might have pulled up like the Apple podcast link for the show. It might have come up for the show notes on the website. Uh, a couple different things. My, if I had to guess, she probably you can set Google alerts, and I bet that she has Google alerts for Joe Exotic. So basically, anytime anybody says Joe Exotic on the internet, she gets an email. That would be my guess. Can you imagine how many dings she gets a day? Well, can you email her back and say that I have clarified? Well, she's going to listen. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know that she goes back to follow up on everybody that she's reached. Oh, out I bet to. she does. I bet we'll find that she does. Next episode of this podcast, we'll let you know. But I guarantee it, Tammy is going to reach back out. Well, I've clarified. I had no. I thought that one or two of them was bald. Listen, I'm not perfect, people. I'm trying the best I can. I've got three kids, trying to keep it together here. Another pod peep. I'm listening. Is she to, back? Huh? Is she back, Tambra? Not yet. No. Okay. <laughs> not yet. Uh, listening to Thursday's podcast, I'm a retired softball mom. And I know exactly how y'all feel. My daughter played from seven until her freshman year of college. And it broke my heart the day she hung up her cleats. She's now graduated from college, married and coaching softball. I love the podcast. Never fails. I laugh out loud listening to y'all. Thank you so much. Oh, very sweet. I had a lot of people um, actually reach out to me um, through Facebook and through Instagram and just say, I have been there or I'm there now. I can like the end is coming and I can feel it coming. And a lot of parents who just, and again, most of the people that reached out to me said, and they said it for themselves, this is not about me. It wasn't that I wanted to be a great swimmer or a football player. I just love watching my kid play sports. It gives me great joy. Silas from Philly checks in on the podcast text and voicemail line. Lil Wayne was pardoned, but Joe Exotic was not. If y'all were presidents, who would you pardon on your last day? It's Silas from Philly, by the way. That's something we'll tackle. I'm going to post it on the social media channels for the podcast. And, yeah, that's and see a great question. Think. But thank you, Silas, in Philadelphia uh, for listening to the podcast. Uh, Tim serves up some tea hmm. on the podcast line. Since you were discussing Travis Tritt on a recent podcast, do you have any info on his daughter being the plus one between Michael Ray and Carly Pierce? Mm-hmm. When I mentioned this to you, you mm-hmm. said that you had also seen that somewhere. I've heard it. I've, plus I've heard one some meaning, What does that mean, Donna, the plus one? It could have been a little uh, wedge in between that relationship. Okay. All right. I've, I've heard that. She is a country singer, right? You yes. said. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or uh, up and coming, yes. trying country And singer. Bobby is back. Final pop peep for this episode on the podcast text voicemail line. Bobby is, I uh, wanted to remind you that uh, she is actually a lady and she puts deodorant under her boobs. Love that. Because you were wondering in a recent episode if Bobby was a male mm-hmm. and put deodorant under his boobs. And it, in fact, it's Bobby is a girl. Y'all are killing me. I'm a lady. L-M-A-O. 
she writes at 770-464-6024. My simple musings are getting me in trouble. And that's a great way to connect with us between episodes. Comes uh, All the Please. messages and voicemails come straight to my, to my smartphone and enjoy going back and forth with you on social Instagram and Twitter at ATL Cadillac and also check out the Cadillac Jack Facebook fan page. And let me be real clear. What you got, Donna? If if I do make a mistake, which I make so many uh-huh. of them, I am happy to retract it. Now, if it's something I feel, I'm just going to stick with it because that's just what I feel. You right. don't have to agree with me. Good but um, yes, I, I don't want, I, listen, I do not want Joey's audit coming after me. Or his attorneys. Yeah. Audio for this episode from the NFL and Tim McGraw on Instagram. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.